And, you know, there have been burdens for us where it, it went from something fun I do to me feeling like, man, I'm committed. Hey, guys, before we get this episode with Mike Ambright started, I just wanted to let you know, if you're looking for a hard money loan in the Denver area, Blue Spruce Capital is lending hard money uh, for fix and flips. So you can reach out to John Beasley with his email at john at realbluespruce.com. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast from realbluespruce.com. I am DJ Scruggs along with my partner, Adam Adam. Well, hello, everybody. Hey, Adam. Uh, we are excited today to see um, to, to have someone join us who I've seen a lot. I think I first found him on Facebook uh, along with a, about a million other people. Um, Mike Hambright of flipnerd.com joins us. Hello, Mike. Hey, what's up, guys? Well, what's up is we're doing something that you probably do a lot of, which is podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done, we've done a few episodes. A few? Uh, why don't you give us a, a number there? Like how many uh, episodes would you say? You, you know, we've had, uh, we've had three different shows. I had kind of my main show going for, this is really hard to believe this, but uh, oh, we're coming up here around Christmas time. It'll be uh, four years. Hard to believe that. But, but yeah, that was uh, my main show, which is still airing, and we have a couple of uh, other shows and spinoffs that we created. So in total, we have uh, somewhere a little bit north of 1,500 episodes. Wow. <laughs> one of one of my favorite things about y you and what you're doing with your episodes is, you know, you've got some, uh, you know, podcasts that it seems like they're, you know, just a few minutes and then you uh, others that are kind of more long form interviews. So you kind of yeah. uh, have built that to the taste of the listener. Yeah, that was, you know, over time you like learn things. Like I think early on I was just talking to people. I think probably I don't know how, how exactly how you guys were, but I I didn't really have an agenda. I was like, I just want to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> and so you start doing stuff and then it's like, well, what's my objective here? You know, you start to get feedback from listeners and sometimes, you know, early on it, it, people like one of the tips that I got early on I heard common uh, pretty commonly was, well, this is great information. Like what do I do with it? You know, and so then we started to try to make things a little more action oriented. And then right. there's always people that say, oh, I wish they were shorter. I wish they were longer. So, you know, we just like, well, I don't want my show to be shorter. Uh, so let's just create another show that is, yeah. you know, just a quick tip. And so <laughs> that's kind of how that's evolved, I guess. Well, we're going to ask you some more questions about that in a minute. But uh, I want to circle back a little bit to uh, why don't you tell us uh, what your real estate experience is? Like, how did you get into it? How long have you been doing it? And, yeah. and just just fill us in. Yeah. So I've been an investor for uh, coming up on 10 years, uh, primarily in the Dallas-Fort Worth market is where I've done my investments, although I've, I've coached and mentored people all over the country at this point. Um, so it was the summer of 2008, basically. And, mm -hmm. and kind of the short, the short version is that uh, I left corporate America and uh, worked for a very large company and uh, was kind of a made man on the inside. Like I felt like I could do no wrong. And I worked directly for the CEO, so I had uh, kind of a lot of protection, I guess, if you will, to just uh -huh. explore things and do things and say whatever I felt, and and because uh, he appreciated that. But then one day he got fired, and so oh. I was kind of like this outspoken right hand man. I'm like next in line, right? So, <laughs> so that happened, um, and then I went to work for a smaller company uh, that was more of a startup where we were flying high, and uh, just uh, growing like crazy, and uh, and then one day they. Uh, 
filed bankruptcy. Oops. And so uh, it was kind of, you know, and, and I, I didn't have to leave, but it's kind of like, hey, the writing was on the wall. Like the opportunity that was once here was just disappeared overnight. And so, but I, I chose to leave that company before getting fired. I was just like kind of going to preempt the, uh, all what was going to ultimately happen. And so at that point, my son had just been born. And um, so he was like two months old. And so, and my wife who had a pretty good consulting gig uh, had left her job to have my son. So it was kind of the first time ever where I'm like, Hey, I, I have to like support my family now. It wasn't just like my wife and I with two salaries and not a lot of responsibilities where we were right. probably making, making well more than what we needed to live on. It was like, I, I have to be like, I'm a dad now. I'm a father. It just kind of hit me like all these things. Like corporate America has let me down twice now. And so I have to do my own thing. And so, you know, the, the, the short version is that I just, I'd always been interested in real estate investing and had never done anything about it. And kind of realized at that point that I needed to rely on myself for my family's financial well-being and our future. And so just dove into real estate in the summer of uh, 2008. And uh, I can go as deep as you want me to, but well, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm just curious. It started cranking. Would you say dive in? Did you just did you read some books? Did you was there a book in particular that? Well, I mean, I started to go to some RIA clubs and started to realize that you know I was contacting realtors to try to find deals, and I'd say like, hey, I found this deal on the MLS, which is where I thought you looked for deals, which right. I've bought almost nothing on the MLS. In hindsight, I have hundreds of deals. Um, and he'd be like, well, yeah, yeah, I'd say, can you send me some comps? Yeah, I'll try to get to it by tomorrow afternoon. I'm really busy today. I was like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. I can't operate this way. And so we, you know, part of leaving corporate America was that we were, we had done fairly well in corporate America. Had, had I chosen to go back, we could have done okay, you know, again, financially. So I couldn't really dabble. Like I, my, my opportunity cost was too high. Uh -huh. And so we had to just go big. So we just started, uh, learning everything we could from reading and got uh, some mentors and coaches and other people that I relied on. And, and uh, honestly, our first year in the business, we actually did 65 deals with no prior. Wow. That's okay. nuts. That's good. And that, were about those half, all flips? Or, about or? half of them were rehabs and about half of them were assignments. Wow. And I guess I was just going to follow up with you on, um, on mentoring and coaching. Uh, what are your, what's your thought on people who are getting started? Should they do that? Man, I think it dramatically decreases the learning curve. Um, so, I, you know, I'm obviously biased because I, I have coached people all over the country and a lot in the Dallas-Fort Worth market for sure. So probably have more experience doing that in Dallas-Fort Worth than anybody else uh, in terms of people that are actually doing deals because the team that I have mentored and coached was uh, is doing six to 800 deals a year here. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but I think it dramatically cuts your learning curve. So in a business that's hard to crack the code on and, and, and do well, there's obviously a lot of fallout. Um, I think it's a lot of people that just get defeated early on. Cause even for me, it took me, you know, almost four months to do my first deal, even though we were focused on the business full time, it just takes time for the follow-up process to work and for, uh, you, for some things to start clicking to say, well, I, I, I can't say, I should never say that again. Like why, right. why have I been saying that? You know, there's just things that you kind of learn uh, that just takes practice and experience and time to reflect on and, and kind of hone your approach. So I th I'm a big fan of, uh, I mean, truthfully, I, even outside of real estate, there are things that I do now. Like I might uh, start doing some multifamily stuff with a friend, uh, but somebody that's done it before. And so mm -hmm. will I partner with him and he shows me exactly what to do. And, you know, I'm responsible for this and he's responsible for that. And we split the deals like if I try to do it on my own, I'm never going to get there. So I'm, yep. I'd be cool with that. 
Yeah, maybe so, yeah, I'm a fan. Great. Uh, if I could ask my question another way, um, you did like 30 flips and, and around 30 whole uh, assignments. It, should you yeah. have not done um, your course with that person or with that company? If you didn't have the coaching, what? How many deals do you think you might have been able to do that same year? It would have been less. <laughs> like <laughs> 29 and 29. <laughs> yeah. No, it probably would have been a lot less because it's just the confidence of being around people that have done it before you, yeah. you know, cause sometimes, um, and I even do this with my coaching and mentoring. Now I pull everybody together because, you know, in this real estate and in, in this business, it depends on what market you're in and what your strategy is. Right. But in, in most markets around the country, unless you're doing really thin margin stuff, you could, you could do a couple deals a month and do really well. Right. But mm -hmm. what that typically means, and it depends, you know, there's a lot of asterisks next to what I just said there. Um, but what that means is even if you buy, let's just say you buy a deal a month and you rehab it in some markets and you're making 40K, well, that's a half million dollars a year in revenue. Of course, you're going to have expenses and things in there. But for most people that are thinking about leaving their job or they hate their job, they're probably making less than that. Yeah. So even that one deal a month could be a great opportunity. But what happens is if you're doing a deal a month, well, 29 days a month, you're doing nothing, right? I mean, it's right. not that you're not doing anything, but you're you know, you're being told no every day, right? Uh, and you're not doing deals every day. And it's a lot of opportunities to defeat yourself mentally for people to hear, you know, because there's a lot of naysayers too, right? Pretty much all of us that started in this business mm -hmm. had somebody in our family, it could have been a spouse or a parent or whatever saying that you, you shouldn't do it. Yeah, right. It's too risky, or you can't, you can't be successful doing that. And that's just kind of how life is, is you get, you're going to get told no a lot and you're, the naysayers are going to be saying, I told you so a lot. And so unless you can surround yourself with other people that uh, you could say, well, I didn't do a deal today, but wow, that guy just made 20 grand and this guy did. And you start yeah. to kind of be surrounded. It's almost like a support group to say, hey, man, you're not going to buy deals every day, but you're part of a network of people that do. And so it just kind of reinforces to you that, of course, I'm just waiting for my turn for that next deal. Awesome. Um, I wanted to talk to you. You and I talked before uh, we ever did this interview, um, and uh, and our conversation was more like, "Hey, what you asked me? What's the whole goal of the Creative Real Estate Podcast?" And at the time, I, I mentioned it's just to help people think outside the box. It's just to help yeah. people do things another way. There's ways to leverage people's time. Yeah, there's ways to do. You know, reverse wholesaling, subject to lease options, um, maybe paying uh, money w from your IRA to to join a deal with somebody else. There's a lot of creative stuff, and and what I really saw in you was the way that you've been able to um, utilize your network. You know, that you started these podcasts, that you got in front of people. Um, you know, that's I think your way of thinking outside the box, doing something that not everybody does, and it, it obviously does benefit you just as much as is all of your listeners learn so much from listening to your stuff. And so, I just wanted to kind of go over that with you and kind of like your mindset of why yeah. you started the podcast, and also the timeline of how far were you into this business when you started the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'll kind of, if, if it's okay, I'll, I'll try to give you the progression of kind of what led up to that. So mm -hmm. I think what happened for me is early on, I'll even go back to like high school and college and just kind of who I am. I've always been kind of a connector. I've always been like a social organizer, like, you know, uh, pulling people together to have parties or uh, saying, I know this get, this person who can help you with that or introducing people. So I've always kind of been that connector type person. 
And I think um, even when I was in the corporate world, you know, if you for those that are listening that have been in big corporate America, it's always somebody's birthday. There's always a happy hour. <laughs> when you're younger, you know, and you don't have to like get home to take care of kids and things like that, you go to a lot of those things. It's very social. It can be. Then in real estate investing, it was my wife and I in, uh, <laughs> initially in a small office uh, in a hole in the wall part of town, you know. And that's just how it was. And truthfully, we're dealing with, we're talking to buyers and sellers all day, talking to contractors, but there was something missing. Like we didn't really have that social outlet to talk to other people like us that mm -hmm. thought like us, that had aspirations like us. Because, you know, a lot of people in the same market usually view you as competition or you view them as competition. And so you kind of keep to yourself. So it's kind of like you're social, but you're not that social. Like you're right. there, but you're not there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, um, so after a couple of years of that, I just realized like, Hey, I need to, uh, I need to find a way to meet other people. And, um, and I've always, I've always had this kind of element in me that likes to teach or show people other things, even though I've never been a teacher, if you will, in, in the traditional sense. Yeah. But, um, so what I did was I started doing these things that I called rehab, I called it rehab live. So in my market, I was re at the time we were doing 60, 70 houses at any time. And truthfully, for several years, we, we leaned really a lot in the rehabbing direction. We're primarily a rehabber. And so at the time, we were probably rehabbing six or seven houses at any given time, had projects going on. And I was usually driving around at that point. I don't check on them nearly as much anymore because I've got a team that helps with that. But I was probably driving around quite a bit, checking on my houses at least once a week. And so um, I basically just invited people that were on my buyers list or through a RIA club that I was associated with and tried to start building up my list by saying, come watch us rehab a house. We're going to do it three times. You're going to come meet us like right at the beginning before we have even started mm -hmm. uh, halfway through and, and, you know, maybe two weeks later and then two or three weeks later when we're done and we'll just talk about it and I'll tell you what we did and why we did it and we'll discuss stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and people in this space, especially newer people, they really... They really, uh, you know, for the same reason that people like to watch HGTV and watch the shows is they like the transformation. They like to like see what happens. But of course, we talked a lot more about the business side of it because, you know, on HGTV, they never talk about the business, right? They just show you the transformation of a house, but they don't talk about how you found the deal or how you finance right. it or right. what contractors did you use for this or that. And so we were just kind of an open kimono sharing what we did with people and in the mean, in the process, finding people that could wholesale to me or bring me deals or realtors that would bring us deals or uh, people that we could sell wholesale deals to. And so a lot of good things kind of came out of that, but it's just like everything, I guess in my life is it gets to a point and I'm like, well, how do I take this to another level? <laughs> you know? So that, that evolved to me doing it online. I had a full-time videographer that kind of joined my staff and started doing images and video and stuff for us on social media. Um, and that was probably, you know, if I've been in this business 10 years, that probably takes us back about five years ago from now. And so he would follow me around to houses and we would record little snippets uh, about doing these rehabs. Um, and we would do it on online and uh, have like little segments. Like I'd break it up into four or five videos where like, hey, we're back here in week three and here's what happened. And so it was a little more crude than a professional flip this house type show, but it was real, oh, yeah. you know, like I'd show up and the doors open and none of my contractors are there. And I'm like, you know, we would be talking about, you know, this, this is what happens in the real world. Right. Nice. Um, and, uh, and so then that evolved into a podcast. So hard to believe. Um, but the podcast started, I launched the first episode 
between Christmas and New Year's uh, four years ago. It'll be four years ago coming up here. So it really uh, blows my mind that it's been that long. Yeah. But uh, but then it kind of evolved from there. And then I, you know, I started building my network in a national way with people that I uh, had never met before or people that I knew of but just didn't know them. And just like I'm meeting you guys today mm-hmm. largely for the first time. I mean, I knew of you, but we had never talked before. And so yeah. – I got to go after some people that I looked up to or people that I didn't even know of, but somebody else recommended that we get to know each other and uh, kind of take my network to really a whole nother level, I guess. Yeah, it definitely helps us uh, as well, you know, just to now you know who we are or whatever, just because we have this little podcast. Yeah, um, it's it, it benefits, I think, hopefully everybody. I hope it benefits you, us and definitely everybody listening. So I'm just curious, do you, do you think that from doing that, has that resulted in deals for you? Oh, for sure. No yeah. doubt about it. I mean, in the Dallas-Fort Worth market now, uh, people bring deals to me all the time. Um, nationally, I do deals with people. Um, I mean, it definitely helps my coaching business, and mm-hmm. I have all sorts of like joint venture things with other people around the country uh, one way or another. But I have friends that do deals virtually, so people that don't even live here that do deals here, mm-hmm. and so we partner on those. And so there's a lot of things that have come out of that, whether it's coaching and mentoring. I have a, a mastermind now for experienced investors yeah. called Investor Fuel. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of great things have come out of it. I was gonna, oh, sorry. I was going to ask you, um, uh, well, actually, we'll, let's give it to DJ because I, I forgot it. <laughs> so I was going to say, I mean, so I've done podcasting before, not in real estate, just as a, it was really just a personal project just for fun because I just like to run my right. mouth, you know, and um and I've gone to podcasting conferences. Maybe you have too. Uh, the thing that really struck out, uh, stuck out to me is for, uh, for people who are thinking about doing this. Um, first of all, there's no time like the present. You know, uh, you can start. Don't don't feel like you have to like have everything perfect to start. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is, it's really easy to look at people who have gigantic audiences and think, oh, I could never be like that. Um, the truth is you don't need to be like that. I mean, one of the best examples I've heard is, you know, someone said at a podcasting conference I went to, he said, you know, I've got about a thousand listeners. Um, but of those, about a hundred of them are worth tens of millions of dollars. And he sells some kind of investing advice, I think. And he's like, I would rather have those hundred people listen to me than a million people who don't yeah. have that kind of money. So, you know, if you think about it in terms of what it is, what story do you have to tell and who is your target audience, uh, it doesn't really matter if it's if it's 10 people, or 100 people, 1,000 people, a million people. If you're reaching the right people, you can have a lot of impact. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's important, and that's why I kind of asked you that, Adam, is like what's your objective with your podcast or mm-hmm. your platform, right? Even mm-hmm. even if you're doing something locally or a meetup group, it's like what do you want to get out of that? Yeah. Sometimes we get started and we just feel like, well, I see other people doing stuff, so I need to do stuff too. But I do think, and I don't mean this in a negative way, like Mm -hmm. you need to take advantage of people that are following you or whatever. I think you need to, you need to have an objective of what you want to get out of it because, and that doesn't mean you can't help other people in the process, right? But it just means why, because honestly, um, it takes a lot of time and energy. You guys know this. It takes a lot of time, right? I mean, and not like when we were getting started here, we had to spend time because we had some technical issues and like that stuff happens all the time. And so it's easy to say, well, I'll just jump on my phone and do something, but to do it consistently and, uh, and you know, there've been burdens for us where it, it went from something fun I do to me feeling like 
man, I'm committed to these three shows and I have to get them done this week. And it, yeah. it takes away from other things, right? So you, you feel the burden to do that. I think you owe it to yourself and to your listeners to make sure you set it up in a way to where you're going to be able to consistently deliver a message that they're going to hear. But yeah. I think you have to do that in a way to where you get something out of it other than just the satisfaction of talking to people. Because at some point, um, that's not enough to keep you doing it and it's pulling true. you out of your business or somewhere else where you're making money. Yeah. Oh, so that, that brought me to the question that I was going to ask. It was a follow-up question on you doing a few deals outside of your market and a few deals with other people that you've met. And you, yeah. at the very beginning of the podcast, or maybe it was right before we started, you mentioned you're getting into some apartment deals um, as well. So could you kind of tell us, you know, one, one of those deals, just go through one of them. Uh, so I haven't done any deals yet. So okay. what I, was thinking is I have a friend that has done several multi large multifamily deals. And, you know, at the end of the day, the name of the game comes down to finding deals mm -hmm. and raising money for it. And I feel like with my platform, which I've never asked my platform for money, um, or to work to partner with me and, and raise money that way, that it's something that I could do. And it's like, okay, well, if my primary responsibility is raising money, uh, I don't know anything on the deal finding side as it comes to multifamily because I'm a single family guy. Yeah. But uh, and I have a rental portfolio here, but I'm always I'm always jealous of the folks that uh, you know I have 40 rental properties which we worked hard to buy one at a time over the years, <laughs> right? And they're great properties. I mean, uh, well, a bunch of them are crap uh, in, terms of, like, <laughs> in terms of in terms of in terms of the headache in terms of managing them. But I mean, from an investment standpoint, it's been a good investment for the most part. <laughs> Uh, not that they're crappy properties, but the, it's a headache. But I'm always, uh, I'm always jealous of the guy that swoops in and does like a four or five hundred unit deal. You know, it's like, man, that, that makes me look small. And it's like, and I, truthfully, I'm at a point now where I have, we've, we have, we struggle to find outside of my day to day business of doing houses. It's like, we make money, we're pushing it away into different accounts, and it's like, to get, it's hard to apply that. You know, when I buy, I guess when I buy houses, I use other people's money. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, where am I going to invest my own money? I know that right. sounds really crazy to people, but That's it's like. Funny. I've got money to invest and I'm looking to do it. And I don't really want to do it one house at a time. I want to do bigger deals. And so anyway, my point is, is like what, when I was saying that is that I have friends that do big multifamily or self storage or like where you can apply millions of dollars at once and not one off houses. And from a kind of long-term wealth building standpoint, mm -hmm. I'm happy to give up half of that deal or just be a small part of that deal mm -hmm. because okay. I'm doing it with people that, um, can make the deal happen where if I had to go learn that on my own, uh, the learning curve would be years long, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, um, you heard it, folks. Uh, send your money to Mike. Uh, <laughs> or if you want to send it to us first, and we'll take our, our skim. By the end of the you. day, Mike's going to have sendyourmoneytomike.com. You know it. This guy, he hoards websites. He's going to do that. <laughs> well, we're coming up on uh, about 25 minutes here. So, um we really appreciate your coming on, Mike. This is some really uh, good information. It's always good to hear uh, stories of uh, people who've been doing it for a while, like you, and, and in particular your angle on how you've built uh, this this podcast empire. That that it, you know, well, if I, and if I could say one, if I could say one last thing on networking is um, that for for those of you that are out there, you know, I think a lot of times we fall into this trap of thinking I'm going to go to a real estate club or a meetup group and I'm going to fill my pocket with business cards and I'm going to hand out a bunch. And that's networking. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of that's a misconception. I think a lot of times it's finding those people to be able to follow up and say, what can we what can we do together? How can I help you? Is there any way we can work together and building those relationships over years? Because just that art of collecting business cards that you then throw a rubber band around and throw it into a drawer 
is not going to get you anywhere. It's true. And also, I think you have to have a very long time horizon uh, in right. the sense of like my most successful business venture. I used to be a tech guy. Uh, came from a guy I met at a job and then we didn't speak again for seven years. And um, we ended up partnering up together. So you just never yep. know where something's going to something's going to. Yep, up. that's true. We just had a so we we put a 56 unit uh, apartment building actually in Texas under contract. And it was I put a, I posted that on Facebook and um, and, you know, I didn't even know who this person was and I won't name names, but um, we, she and I have been working together or wanting to work together for a year and a half and just nothing ever clicked. And I'm flying home, you know, I'm putting all this stuff on social media. And the next thing I know, she called me and she said, hey, you know, are you are you taking an education with Dave Lindahl? I said, yeah. And she goes, um, do you this? Yeah. Do this? Yeah. She goes, okay, because I, I have liquidity net worth well an, uh, above needing to qualify for that apartment building. And let's let's we've been talking for a long time. Let's do a deal together. It's just so interesting yeah. how that it's the long game. Like it just like I said, a year and a half, or uh, DJ just said seven seven, seven years. years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Well, thanks again for coming on, Mike, and we wish you continued success and uh, onward and upward. Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. Thank you. Thank you.